I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Today's topic is how to avoid questions that lead to interrogations. Getting to know someone is one thing, but placing a person in the hot seat can be stressful and off-putting. Many ask Q&A-style questions because they need to know, but in the early stages of dating, you're on a need-to-know basis. There's a better way to gain information, and that's by listening. This week's guest will lend his expert ear and share strategies for gathering data. His name is Randy Moose Gomez, and he's the date detective and experienced PI and bail bondsman. We'll learn why to avoid pop quizzes, 20 questions, and one-time at Bandcamp stories, and why it's important to remind yourself that this is only a date. You're not a cop on CSI, it's a courtship, not Judge Judy's courtroom. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Randy, a.k.a. Moose Gomez, the date detective, is a cowboy and single dad from New Mexico. He's also a trainer for world champion boxers on the board of directors for Pal Boxing Club, president of Moose Inc., and founder of the Us Charity. Moose worked as a bail bondsman, a recovery agent, and private investigator for most of his professional life. During that period, Moose learned a lot about people, especially when he bailed someone out of jail. At that moment, he listened during the car ride home when people often spilled their life stories. He also learned about the power of listening. In today's world, we are rarely present, quick to talk, or judge. A few months ago, I covered how con artists and scammers have doubled online during the pandemic in my episode, How to Avoid Tinder Swindlers, with the date detective, Randy Moose Gomez. And today, he's back by popular demand. He'll share strategies around keeping a date, and a date is not the Spanish Inquisition. So without further ado, welcome Randy Moose Gomez to the show today. Hi, Moose. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, June Osborne. How are you today? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I have a little bit of a grudge on you right now because you got me started on Uh, June Osborne and the Handmaids. Oh, my God. Oh, welcome. I binge watched. Binged it. Binged the hell out of it. I sure did. I did. I know. I was writing you last night and... I'm like, what do you think of these questions? You're like, uh, excuse me, I'm watching Handmaid's finale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I've created like a monster. my mom watches monster. novellas. They're, they're Spanish, uh, they're Spanish uh, what do you call those? Like, uh, they're dramas that are on all night or on certain time of night. And everybody knows not to call her. She's 90 at that time of night. So That's cute. Take note that you can't call me during on Wednesday at a certain time. So. <laughs> That's funny. Well, interesting enough, you know, people have patterns, like you said, and you gather information and, and those moves that people make or those patterns that they make gives you data about that person's makeup. Did they get up and go to the gym? Are they a coffee drinker? Are they at happy hour at a certain time? And all those things that they do within the day gives you a lot of information. And the inspiration for this show actually came from a TikTok video from the divorce dad, my friend Daniel Harold, and he did a video and I thought it was really funny. It was don't make a date an interrogation. He said, you know, men don't want to go on a date and have 20 questions. How many kids do you have? How many times have you been divorced? Do you like to play pickleball? Whatever the question line is. And I thought, this is such an interesting topic, and no one's really covered that. Who do I know that knows a lot about interrogations? Well, let's call up the date detective. So today, you're here, and you're going to tell the listeners 
how to have good communication and ask the right questions on a date. So Moose, tell the listeners a little bit about your history and what you learned about interrogation style questions. Well, part of what I had to do as a bail bondsman and as a private investigator, I, I had to talk to people and, and find a way into their psyche, uh, quote unquote, and figure out what I needed to know from them. Because a lot of people just aren't forthcoming about their information. It, it may be nervousness, whatever the issue is. So you really want to talk to somebody like you're doing an interview today. It's really not an interview. It's just a conversation. Over the 30 years of doing what I had to do, and I didn't have a lot of time to do it because I'd generally go in, you know, if I was doing bail bonds, you know, I only had a few minutes to visit with the folks before they took them to court or whatever was going to happen at that point. So I really had to get moving, you know, fast, and I, and I had a certain way of doing things. Then as far as doing it as a private investigator, it's a different mindset as well. You know, I have more time and and I can do more things. What I really want to express to people is that it's really fluid and it's situational. I mean, whatever the situation is at the time that you meet somebody face to face and even on the phone, you kind of go with it. You, You have your instincts about a person based on how you've talked to them, let's say, for a few minutes on the phone. That's why when I call and talk to somebody that's a witness to a crime or, or anything like that, I have a, a, a short conversation with them, visit with them, you know, talk about the weather and kind of get a feeling for, you know, how things are going in their day and, you know, what they're doing if they're rushed and things like that. That kind of dictates to me which way and, and what style I'm going to use to ask questions. And the same thing when I meet somebody face-to-face, I kind of, you know, in, in my experience for so many years, look them over in, you know, a couple of three seconds, I kind of have an idea of which way I want to head before we even do anything verbally. We, we don't even say anything to each other yet. And then that could take it in a different direction as well. But the consistent thing is to have an idea of what information you're looking to get. I would assume in this dating realm that when you swiped right on somebody, and I'm swiping to the right way, right? Left is no good. Right is, is, is a <laughs> thumbs up. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So you've looked at that person in so many different ways based on the information that's on the page in front of you. You know, the questions that he's answered, the things that he wants, his hair, his look, his pictures, whatever. And then if all goes well, then he comes back and swipes you right up. Then you begin a conversation of some kind. How he responds to you really dictates where you're going to head and if you're going to go to the next step. And so you've already made decisions already on, you know, how to move forward. What's next? The, the what's next is you've already made those decisions based on what limited information you have at that point. I'm assuming that you, you know, talk or text back and forth, so on and so forth. And then you decide, okay, let's meet up. To be honest, I have a lot of friends that tell me, oh, man, you you can talk to anybody. There's not a person when you walk in a room you're not friends with because I'm super comfortable talking to people I don't know because I did it for 30 years. I'm not intimidated. I'm not afraid. I, I just can go up to somebody and see what they're doing. They could be getting tomatoes at a buffet and say, oh, man, I really love tomatoes. How about you? And, and they're like, oh, yeah, I love it. And, and you just have a conversation. And what I think people need to realize is everything is a prop. Everything 
is a way to visit with somebody to start a conversation. You just have to have a mindset that that's the truth. Everything is available to you in that room to be able to, to start a conversation. Okay. So now a couple things here. So when two people swipe on each other and they're a match, a match doesn't necessarily equate to a date. So you're in this interview process until you land a date. That's what happens. So how you respond in the line of questioning matters because if if you say the wrong things, then you're not going to get a date. So a lot of these matches don't equate to a date. What a person needs to do is what I did. My style is to decide and, and the constant is to decide what information I'm looking for. What am I wanting to know about this person? What do I need to know about this case? What do I need to know about if they're an expert witness? So when I go in, it's the same thing if you're, you're interviewing a gardener or you're the pool guy or, you know, you want to ask a, a waitress, you know, is the chimichangas good? Tell me about them. You have to have a purpose of why, you, you, what, what, you're, what information you're trying to get. And then that narrows it down to what questions that you can ask. And then we go into how do you ask them? Some people like for you to be straightforward. Some people don't like that. Some people, you know, like you to joke about it or whatever. I mean, you just got to kind of feel your way through it, create your style based on that person. How do we get there? If you're on a dating site, you're both there for a reason. Who knows? I mean, maybe you just want to meet somebody at the Doubletree. I don't know. Uh, Maybe you want to just have a friend or maybe you want want to find somebody that's going to be here forever and ever. What's your purpose of being online? What's your intention? It's not so much online. It's why are you asking this person questions? What, what, what are you trying to get out of this person so that you can make a determination for what happens next? I want to talk about the style of communication and how you know your audience and you have a plan and you change up how you communicate with that person based on how it's going. One of the things you say is if you have a line of questioning and you're going off a list and it's really rigid, it's going to be super awkward and not a good vibe. So you've got to be just kind of free flowing and casual in your approach when either asking questions or talking. I don't think that's a, bad way to do it. A lot of folks will have a list. I remember that I went on online date. I went to a, a date with someone, this really nice gal. She pulls out list and starts going through a check mark. And I thought it was the cutest thing ever. I mean, I liked it. It didn't bother me. We were going down the list and I said, that's it. Only 10. I'm only warranted 10, you know, questions. And she goes, well, if you make the cut, you'll get 10 more. So, I mean, you really have to kind of let your personality shine through. It it really depends a lot on the situation at the time. And a lot of it, you know, just be yourself. I'll give you ideas of what what you can do, but always understand it's a fluid thing because I've gone into investigations wanting to ask certain questions. I get an answer that shoots me in a totally different direction. Right. And it's really funny what I thought was a very poignant question to somebody and, and, a, and a got you moment. And I said, was it when you finally decided to tell me the truth, was it because I said this? And they go, no, not really. But I was wondering how you knew this other thing. 
And I thought that was the, you know, that was just a filler question to keep the conversation going, but it was actually the question that that person said, well, man, he, mo- he knows more. I'm not going to be able to BS this guy. So we better just get down to it. Right. You never know what that other person is thinking. To go in with a purpose, understanding why you're there and what you want out of it, I think are, are two big things. If you're just going to have a good time, then go to have a good time. I, I mean, I guess you don't want to dig deep. When you go to have a face-to-face meeting or do it in a place where you actually, where it's appropriate to ask whatever questions you're going to ask. So you don't want to go to a movie theater and talk about your life and times of Carrie Brat right before a movie starts. It's just, it, it, it doesn't <laughs> lend itself. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. lend itself to the occasion. And, and you want to go to a place where you can both hear each other and you're not repeating and you're not leaning and, you know, the rock and roll music's not blaring and things like that, unless that's the type of date that you're on. So that's, that's one other thing I would suggest. And I'm only making these suggestions because I think about my situations with my investigations. There's times that, no, no, I don't go into a, a room and with a desk and some crappy chairs and bright lights. No, sometimes I'll meet somebody at a local restaurant. I want them to feel comfortable. But if I'm looking, you know, I know that police officers will will bring somebody down to the station be, because they want that person to know the seriousness of what's going on. We're not playing games here. You're coming down and you're going to this room. This is where we're at. We're not playing games, Bob. <laughs> but I want to impress upon everybody that it's super fluid. And, and I'll repeat it for the third time. You got to know why you're there and what you want to get out of it. And also the environment matters. And if I was being questioned by you, Moose, I would crack like Brendan Dassey and making a murder <laughs> in five seconds. I'll tell you that yeah. much. You're scary. <laughs> uh, the absolute best interview that you can have is when a person doesn't realize that they were just interviewed and it takes practice that this is something that you can use outside of your dating life. You can go to a job interview. You can lead the questioning. You know what I mean? If you're prepared, well, I know that you do this at this company and I know that you have 10 companies overseas. Tell me a little bit about that. How does that come up? You know, and interviews are like, well, most of the time they have the power on that side of the desk. Right. And you're just answering questions. You know, and they say, why do you want to work here? Instead of you saying, why would I want to work here? That means that, you know what? I got more offers down the street. I'm just seeing what I may have here. If this is a better place to for me. People know if you have more options. If this is my one and only date and I can't blow it, people pick up on that stuff. You have to really be, I can take you or leave you so that you can maintain control because nobody wants somebody who's acting desperate on a date. And often people rely on all these predetermined questions. Like I like that story that, that you said the woman, I mean, that's kind of crazy that she whipped out a list of 10 things. I mean, did you make the cut? I didn't ask you that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I got to fit five more questions and she was done. She was done at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you would have to be open to surprises on the date like that. 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I really, I had a good time. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, we dated a couple more times and then it kind of fizzled out. But but the date was, it was a lot of fun. But the main reason why things go south on a date is because people are too rigid and rely on these predetermined questions. And you say having everything so controlled and thought out kills the vibe. So can you talk about that? I'm not sure that it completely will kill the vibe unless the person is not, you know, part of it. It's a matter of sitting there and and reading who you're in front of. If you see that that person is uncomfortable or they're starting to shut down, there's a lot of clues to that. They're looking beyond you. They're looking at the clock. They're looking at the watch. They're starting to cross their arms. You don't have their attention. If you're going to continue down that line of questioning, you're probably not going to get anywhere. And that's when, you know, you see these movies where they're interrogating somebody and they go, okay, we'll be right back. I got a phone call. A lot of times they don't have a phone call, but you just have to stop. So here's the thing. This is, I keep thinking about this with my photography. So I go into a shoot, I have to photograph a high level actor, athlete, And let's say I'm working for a publication that I've not worked for. So I have a new art director, new creative team. I cannot be questioned on that shoot. I don't say that, but I handle things in a certain way. Because if I don't have my composure or confidence in my abilities, we're done. I don't have the trust of the subject that I'm photographing. It's over. So that was something I always had to have the command of the room that was really crucial. So you said that you can control the narrative on the date, but you got to keep your composure and you can be a chameleon. You can do lots of things within that night. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to, you know, check yourself. If you're going down a road, I know you want to get answers. And, and if you start to get frustrated, make a joke, you know, get up, go to the bathroom, go take a deep breath, throw some water on your face, whatever. You really don't have to come back and go back at the questioning again. Let it percolate for a while. And maybe they just didn't feel comfortable. Now they're starting to feel comfortable with you. And, you know, they kind of like you and they think that this might be promising. They may say to you, you know, you asked me a question earlier. And I just wanted to respond. You don't always have to have that answer right then. You don't have to have a 100% compliance. Mm -hmm. Get what you can and realize this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. If you really are there to find your forever and ever, you're not going to find out everything in an hour, two hour date. Save that for later. And if somebody... For instance, you know, at the end of the date, you all decide that you want to go on another date. And this one question is really pressing to you. Mm -hmm. I would love to, but this is really kind of bothering me. And I, and I really like for you to answer that question if you don't mind. And if that person says no, then that means you have a decision to make. You can move forward from there. Have you ever seen that movie, uh, A Few Good Men? Yes. When Demi kept objecting. And she objected and she objected. It wasn't a big deal of a question. You wouldn't let him answer it because you kept objecting. Now the jury is looking at it and now it's super important to them. Why? And now you've taken them in a different direction because you thought you were doing something that was going to save your case, but you actually made it worse. Same thing. When you push somebody, and I'm talking about 
for myself in particular, an interview with a witness or a suspect or whatever, you know, when I don't get answers because I dug too deep, then I defeated the purpose of being there. So we can be our own worst enemy sometimes. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. So when things start to go off the rails during questioning, people keep repeating themselves. They don't like that it's going south. They don't like that they're not getting a response. So they just keep at it and they keep like beating a dead horse and it's not good. Right. Shake it up, go get a drink, change the subject. You can always return to it at another time. But staying with something that's going nowhere is defeating your purpose. It really is. Yeah. Women trip themselves up by not being good listeners or talking too much or oversharing. Oversharing is a major problem. What does talking too much tell you about a person, Moose? I I don't know if it's talking too much. Depends on the situation. It's just, you know, sometimes it's just better just to stop and become a good listener. Just sit and, and listen. Because people like to do one or two things. And the first thing is they love to talk about themselves. Right. You know, if you, if you just let somebody go, let them go, Hey, what, you know, what do you do for it? Especially if they're in sales or their attorney or their doctor or whatever. I mean, everybody likes to talk about themselves and, and, and some folks are pretty lame about it. And, and, and other people are just proud of their accomplishments and they have passion for what they do and they enjoy it. And you can tell the difference. If you just ask a question and sit back and listen, and when there's that uncomfortable pause and you're feeling it, just kind of sit back and let them, let them, maybe they're formulating their answer or they're deciding if they want to answer or not. Or they just said, you know what, never, nobody's ever asked me that, you know, right. anything about myself and what I like, you know, maybe they're working through it in their mind. I had a woman one time tell me, nobody ever significant in my life has ever asked me how I feel about it. And so she, she said she had to pause and reflect on that for a second. I mean, sometimes just sitting back and looking at a person, even with a certain look saying, we're not moving forward, unless you ask that, that could be a bad thing or you can laugh about it. Well, I like that power in the pause because you know when they have to take a step back, it's actually a good thing because they're paying attention or they think enough of you that they want to take a moment to put together what they're going to say. That's good because that's, that's something that's kind of working. So don't be so quick, like give them the space and the time to, to think about it. I think that's good advice. There's a lot of situations like that, that I've run into just letting people answer the question and fighting that pause urge to jump right in. How great would it be to find the love of your life, the man of your dreams? Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take 
take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it, and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey. Another thing that you taught me, and I thought this was really good, people don't like to be drilled. They don't like things like, so they don't want to start right away your divorce. How'd that work out? Was that brutal? Was it a custody battle? Or sometimes people, and I know this from just going to events and trying to have a common ground with people, I'll say, so what do you do? And I actually just did this recently, and I felt really bad because the woman said to me, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I looked at her and I said, well, that's the hardest job you can ever have. It's a lot easier to go to work. So some people can be thrown when you start right in on the career. One of the things you said to talk about people's careers is to say, what's your passion? I love that. Right. What's your passion? What keeps you busy during the day? You know, you don't put people in a spot by saying, what do you do for a living? I don't know why women have an issue with saying I stay home and take care of five kids because I don't want to do that. That's, that's a hard job. I'd rather be out there, you know, dealing with a bunch of knuckleheads and uh, opposed to being home trying to herd cats there at, at the house. And my ex-wife struggled with that. I said, well, I mean, I don't want to switch jobs. I can tell you that because what you do is a lot harder than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so maybe asking the question in, in a non-confrontational way, I know you weren't trying to be confrontational, but it it comes across that way because of, I guess, the way people view a stay-at-home mom nowadays. I should not assume all the time that people are exactly like me. (laughs) I guess that's what I learned from that. And I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of people haven't seen many people for a long time. And the socialization is not the same from COVID. So there's a lot of people getting tripped up and saying the wrong things and having the wrong opening lines and a lot of frustrations. And people can have the most nicest intentions and it can just go sideways really quickly. When I start up a conversation with somebody, it's something that's just off the cuff before I go into any kind of personal stuff like, what do you work? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about other things. And rather than a direct question like that, somehow, some way, the topic of what they already do has come up. You talk about this like fluidity and being organic. And unfortunately, people rely on an agenda and they're very agenda focused. So I think. We need to be more flexible, be less worried about making a good impression and just really focus on having a good time, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, if that's what you're there for. Again, we go back, why are you there and what do you want to get out of the the whole situation? And and that's for everything. If you go to a conference or uh, I used to do mortgage things. So the same people, but we're, we're talking differently. And you kind of go into it with an open mind and figure out 
how to take the conversation, but I, I really like leading the conversation opposed to being on defense. I know Bill Belichick is an offensive guy, but he's got a great defense. He's not sitting back saying, come on, offense on the other side. Give me, let me see what you got. He's like, okay, we got an offense too. He gets them on their heels or whatever, and, and then you start scoring touchdowns. I don't know if that's a good metaphor for going on a date or not. <laughs> but, you know, it's the same thing. I like being on the offense. But you don't have to be pushy on the offense. And you shouldn't be afraid to take control of the conversation. No, I, I think it's important, especially, you know, your time and energy uh, is worth something. You, you don't want to waste it if you're there depending on what you've decided to be there for, then you, you have to be on the offense to lead that conversation down the road. But, it, it, but, but you really don't want to make it obvious. I'm old school, so I feel like the man should work and lead the conversation. But you think it's important that women be in control and assertive in a sense. It's difficult because women have to also maintain their femininity. I like to kind of lead the questioning and it's really not questioning it's so casual that especially on a so in a social situation is so much different than it is when you're talking to witnesses or a victim it, it's a whole lot different it, it just the, the way that i i speak as, as a, an example when we first got on the phone together within about 10 15 i knew where you worked <laughs> i knew what you did i knew what school you went to i knew where you grew up at the end of the conversation, I said, yeah, I know all these things. And you go, yeah, I realized at a certain point that you were kind of profiling me, but. Stalker. It's just what I. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest takeaway from this conversation is I try not to. Overcomplicate it. Yeah. I asked you like, what kind of questions you're like, Carrie, don't ask me stupid questions. Like that's such a, <laughs> such a man. Did I say that? Yeah, I you're like, I don't ask me stupid uh-huh. questions. Okay. But that's like uh-huh. such a, a an answer from like a male. Like they don't want a lot of nonsense. And when you're trying too hard, this doesn't work in your favor. I, I just struggle with any kind of advice in that way on what's the perfect date, how to have it. I, I can tell you how to comfortably talk with somebody that you want to find out information about. I can give you, you know, some tips. If it's successful date or not, that's completely up to the person. It's really something that you have to practice. It's really difficult to go in there and not be checklisty. Right. Again, a, a mooseism checklisty. It's quick to lose a moose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Men are pretty simple. It's funny if you really would come into a room and see a guy sitting there and if you really knew what he was thinking about, it's probably like two or three things. And his circuits are overwhelmed at that point. They're they're not real, real complicated. Well, I heard this male dating coach say on a TikTok video, if you're out with a man and he's like, I'm just testing the waters, I'm not sure if I'm ready for a relationship... I don't want to get hurt again. And he was like, if a man, if you're out with a man who's saying, I don't want to get hurt again, dump his ass because he's not a man. And I thought that was so funny and so true. And I think men are really direct. And I always say men tell you exactly who they are in 90 seconds or less. Do you think that's true? But one of the things is, is in, in the three things that you said, I'm, he's basically saying, I'm just here 
for a good time. I'm just here to have fun. If you hear a, a man tell you that, then, you know, you have all the information you need. If you're there for a long-term commitment and he's saying, I don't want to get hurt again, and he may not be the guy for you. I mean, if the date's going good and you're having a good time, then he's basically told you without directly telling you. And, and that's one of the things that I learned doing investigations. People tell you a lot without telling you a lot. You know, mm-hmm. they can dance around things, but if you really listen, then you'll find out exactly what they're trying not to tell you. Right. And also when men tell you things, listen, don't make a made up story in your mind. And I think that's a big thing that people don't do. When men tell you who they are, believe them. It's one of the biggest things or takeaways that, that I think you should remember when dating. What, what was that again? People tell you a lot. Without telling you anything yeah. directly. If they tell you, yeah, Bob was there whenever I did this, opposed to I have a really good friend of mine that we grew up with and, you know, he lived right down, two doors down from me and he's got red hair, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't say Bob, so he didn't rat on his friend. You know, people will do these like bearing it all questions. What's a fun fact about Moose that you wouldn't know? You think all that's stupid. I when, did I use stupid at some point? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember ever talking like that. But okay, you know, I love to play with puppies, and you know, I like long walks on the beach, and you know, I mean, it's a softball question. Those type of questions are. I don't know that they hold a lot of value. That's not something I would ask somebody doing an investigation or anything like that and put it to you that way. Now, my last question is something that you feel strongly about. Now, you believe that your past does not equal your future and you like to keep the past where it belongs. Many people want to do these one-time at Bandcamp stories, connect through sob stories or bad dating stories. And I think focusing on all this stuff can, can have men running do you think it's super important to keep things light and fluid, avoid the urge to dig deeper? You know, there should be checkpoints along the way. How's this going? How do you feel? I mean, you can do it there at the table. You can do it, you know, when I went to go get you, you know, some nachos or, or another drink, whatever, or, you know, get up and say, hey, I'm going to get us a drink and walk over there and kind of assess the date. Same way, you know, at a certain point in an investigation, and I'm speaking to people and I'm, I have a witness in front of me and I'm trying to get some information. And we've been at it, you know, for a little bit of time Then I really need to step back and, and, and kind of gather myself based on the information I've got and figure out if there's anything else that I need to do, anything that I miss, how is the situation going? Do I need to go in a different direction? Um, is this person going to be a good witness for us? Whatever you can go back and determine how you want to do things at that point. You have the tools at this point on how and what to ask. It's okay to step back for a minute. It's okay to pause. It's okay to let questions go and maybe revisit it later if, if it's appropriate, if it's a second date and you really want to see this person, but that one lingering question's out there. I mean, you're at a point now that you can make probably a good decision on the second date. Do you think 
women should say, we should do this again, or where do we stand? <laughs> but I wanted to know your, your thoughts on that. Most of the people that I date are people that I know. I live in a small town, so by the time we date, we've known each other for a long time, or our friends know each other or whatever. So I know a lot about them. It's just a matter of there's really a lone chemistry there. By that point, I think from somebody that doesn't live like I do, you kind of have an idea where the date's headed, you know, and if the guy's not saying, you know, I really had a good time, I'd love to do it again, or you don't feel like you can say that, there's a point that I'm assuming you guys are walking away or getting ready to, you know, somebody can say, or I I don't think it's whomever. I think whoever wants to say it, they can say it. I don't really think there's a hard and fast rule on who should or shouldn't bring up a second date. Okay. And that, that, that comes from no scientific anything. Just you your know, opinion. Just, just <laughs> <an> opinion. <laughs> right. Just like your opinion, like I shouldn't be a cop. Like I shouldn't act like a cop all the time. <laughs> or pretend I'm one on CSI. You, you'd be a good investigator. You really would. Oh my gosh. Well, Luce, thanks so much for sharing your advice and all your expertise around line of questioning, where can people find out more about you? Well, they can reach out to me at randy-gomez at comcast.net. I'm always available. That's the best way to email me. And You know, I don't do this for a living. I do it because I love to do it and I enjoy it. I love talking to people about it. So, Okay. And they can follow you on Instagram under Randy Musco. Right. Or follow you on Clubhouse. Well, thanks for coming back on Shot at Love. I loved having you. Anytime you want to put me in the hot seat, you're welcome to. That's so nice. Thanks, Andy. And for now, this week's Shot at Love dating tips that are inspired by our guest, Randy Moose Gomez. Number one, don't focus so much on direct questions. If you want to find out what someone's like, ask them about their passion. Their passion will tell you a lot about them personally. Number two, Moose's main dating tip is around two words, what and why. Why are you on the date and what are you trying to accomplish? Number three, if you have a rigid agenda, then you're going to stick to it and a date should be fluid. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit by sharing this podcast. Shot at Love also airs five days a week on Power Me Up Radio, Talk 24-7, The Station with Heart on iHeart. Stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.